Hello everyone, welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Dave Mulder and I'm again all by myself this week. Um, yeah, it's been that crazy busy wrapping things up for the semester and now we're coming into our Christmas vacation. We do plan to have new content coming your way soon, but for this week yet I've got a bonus episode. I'm actually pulling an episode out of the archive. This was the very first episode that we invited Abby to join us back when it was still Matt and Dave in a microphone in Dave's office. And um, we think it really enriched things so much so that this is no lie. Uh, 15 seconds after we finished recording, Matt came running back into my office and was like, we got to get Abby in here every time. I said, I thought the same thing. And it's never been the same since in the best possible way. So we hope you enjoy. Uh, this was a reflection on lessons we'd learned from a year of COVID. So we hope you enjoy this one. We'll be back with new content sometime very soon. Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. We've both been teaching for quite a while now, but we still have plenty of questions about education. And this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about topics that we think are important for Christian educators to consider. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations with Matt and Dave. My name is Matt Beamers. And I'm Dave Mulder. And today we are joined by one of our friends in the hallway. I'm Abby DeGroat. I'm not sure how it started, but Dave and I often find ourselves standing outside of Abby's door having our hallway conversations. <laughs> and this will be no surprise to no one who knows us or listens to us. And I think I speak for Dave when I say this. Dave, you can disagree with that. But Abby often adds an element of wisdom and understanding and rationality so that, that, we don't, head, no. <laughs> that we don't quite possess. So Abby, thanks for joining us and not only elevating the quality of this podcast, but of, of the company. So for sure. It's a pleasure to be here. As always, we want to thank you, our listeners, for allowing the three of us to be here with you. And we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway. Each week, one of us brings a question and we try to think creatively together about it in the context of Christian education. And we hope our conversation might do for you what it's done for the three of us, which is provide space for us to learn and reflect on our practice while encouraging each other in our professional and even our personal life. And if we can make you smile or chuckle once in a while, that's even better. As some of our listeners may know, this is my first year living in the United States as our family recently moved from Canada. Shout out to all our friends up north. I recently saw many of my education friends from Canada post on their Instagram, Twitter, and other social media feeds that it was spring break where I used to live. Now, besides missing spring break, and there's all kinds of reasons the three of us are missing spring break. <laughs> so true. It was valid reasons. Valid reasons. Very valid. It was interesting to step outside of myself and observe how I reacted to those images. And the primary emotion I felt was lost. And not at losing spring break, although that was probably part of it. <laughs> but because, and I don't know why I didn't think too much about this before, it made me realize, looking at those images, made me realize that for all intents and purposes, it was about a year ago that face-to-face -face learning for most people ended. Mm -hmm. I know that's yes. true for you, Dave, and for Abby, and for mm -hmm. me, and for our students. So in that context, here's my question for you, for you two. It's a bit of a two-parter. If you think about the past year, what are some initial reflections maybe that you're having now as you look back at this year? Just like how how was it and how might you look back at this year even now or even in five years from now or 10 years and and the second part is there just there's a lot of talk about what school will look like post-covid 
then Lord willing, we get there soon. Mm. And my question about that is what shouldn't return to normal when that happens? Or maybe another way is what have we learned that we should take with us as we move forward? Because people have a lot of pretty strong opinions about what should change and what shouldn't change. And so I'm just wondering maybe to reflect on that as educators and even as parents. So right. maybe let's start by just saying, like, Dave, how, how do you look back at this past year and maybe how will you look at it a few years from now? It's so interesting. I was reflecting a lot um, about this just, just recently because it was almost a year ago that we went on hiatus, right? And the, the lesson that I was teaching in my science methods class just, just the end of last week, it was equivalent last lesson mm -hmm. before we went on and, and we didn't come back after spring break. Right. And I was so cavalier to my students, like I often do on our last class meeting after spring break. I'm like, make good choices. See you later. <laughs> you know, and like send them out. And if I had known that that was the last time I'd be in the same room right. with those students, I would have said a better goodbye. I would, yeah. have, I would have said things and done things differently. And I, I try to live a life with few regrets, but like looking back, I regret that. And, and I guess that's one of the things that I'm just realizing. Like I can't take for granted any meeting that I have yeah. with students, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, no. Abby, how about you? Yeah, I had the same reaction. I taught a lesson today that was the first one I taught virtually last Ooh. year, right? Yeah. Because it was the start of our module after spring break mm -hmm. when we had that week and then we transitioned and then this was the first one I did and I actually, in the PowerPoint, um, I had two videos of my kids that I used to illustrate a point to my students. I asked my, did a little interview with both Harper and Reese, fourth grade and second grade. Um, last year they were first and third. And I, um, we were in my office and I had a, we had a mural, like we painted. Do you remember how mm -hmm. everybody like painted their front windows yeah. last year? Yeah. And like crosses or the stained glass. Right. And I could see it behind them. And I almost got like a weird wow. feeling mm -hmm. flashback of that time and how much time we were spending together mm -hmm. and what that looked like and structuring mm -hmm. my day teaching online with their day learning at home mm -hmm. 24 hours a day <laughs> it's a lot of together time. And, and a preschooler right a toddler yeah, yeah. yeah. hey so. you, thanks for that with if you think about the past year maybe and, and i'm not asking you to bury your soul here but what what have you sort of learned about yourself maybe mm -hmm. individually or, or even professionally like as you look back that yeah, what what have you what have you learned about yourself or about teaching or, or students or I don't know, is does Abby, does something come to mind there? I think I took for granted, kind of similar to what Dave was saying, the the interaction and the feedback I get from teaching students in person and the mm -hmm. energy that I draw mm -hmm. from them. Yeah. Right? So I can plan an online lesson. Yeah. The pedagogy, you know, is a little bit different, but you still have the learning target. You still have your activities. You still mm -hmm. have the task and the feedback and the assessment. So, I mean, it looks different, but it's the same process. But the energy yeah. that I gained from students was something that I really, really missed and learned that I really value. Did that surprise you, Abby? It did a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I missed it so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. How about for you, Dave? Like, what, what do you, what do you, how do you look back, or what did you learn? So I, I'll answer that question two ways. Yeah. I want to talk personally and professionally. Yeah. I think so. Personally, for several years now, I have described myself as an introvert, and I realize that is mm -hmm. really true for me. Um, 
like I'm, I always joke, I'm good with the crowd, but like that is draining for me. Mm -hmm. And like being in a classroom with students, I love it, but it does tire me out and it's, it's good for me to have downtime then. What I discovered, interestingly, um, having so much time just with me and my family um, in the past year, I crave social interaction in a way mm -hmm. that I well, haven't really before, mm -hmm. right? And I still would never characterize myself really as an extrovert, but maybe I'm realizing I'm an extroverted introvert, right? Like I need yeah. that kind of social interaction mm -hmm. with other people. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, professionally, I really like teaching online. I, about half my teaching load is online, yeah. um, and, and I love it. I love that. Um, but the balance for me of doing really good online instruction, okay, I can do that. What we were doing last year no. was not online instruction. No. It was emergency remote teaching, and yeah. we should not call it online yeah, teaching. Interesting. That's, that's my professional judgment yeah. being in the yeah. tech field, right? Yeah. But it, it was... It is qualitatively different. When I was kind of that constant scramble, just trying to adapt things right. that I would have done for a face-to-face -to, -face to make them online, um, and I don't like that. Like yeah. I, I, I like teaching online, but I, I got to be able to plan for an online course, and it just right. it, from it, the it, beginning. From the beginning. Yes. Because yeah. it, it is different that way. Yeah. 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 Agree. Hey, if you. We have, we've been involved, all three of us have been involved in Christian education all of our lives. Yeah. We've been involved in uh, Christian day schools. Now we're involved in Christian post-secondary education. We've experienced it at, as students. And, yep. and we've talked with the three of us that, that as much as we love it, we're, we're not naive that it's a perfect system. Mm -hmm. um, that they're, like anything, it is, it is broken, um, in need of, of redemption. Mm -hmm. um, when you think about some of the shifts in education that were forced upon us. We, we yeah, literally yeah. had no, no choice. Um, I know I can find myself sometimes longing for the way it used to be. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure if I long as much for school as I knew it, as much as just maybe a sense of freedom of things that we oh, took yeah. for granted. So I have, to, I have to discern that myself. But if you think about some of the things that we were forced to stop, Mm -hmm. or maybe forced to begin that have sort of become part of our practice or that are right now no longer part of our practice. Um, what, what shouldn't we go back to when we return? And we're, I'm using quotes here, of course, when we return to, no, to normal. Yeah, whatever like, normal looks Whatever like, normal right? is. Like right. what yeah. shouldn't be, mm -hmm. what shouldn't return when that happens? Hmm. One thing I've been thinking about and actually had a conversation about with some folks um, is the eight period high school day. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So is it really the best thing for students to switch and do that cognitive switching eight different times between eight different subjects throughout mm -hmm. the day at 45 minute chunks? How much time do they lose in the passing? Mm -hmm. um, and why was it created in the first place? And does that still serve? Yeah, yeah. What we're trying to do. Right. Um, so I think COVID provided an opportunity to break that open a little bit and mm -hmm. see that this is not a concrete structure that is immovable. In Interesting when you describe that. So one of my grad students, I think you know Adrian uh, yep. too. Yeah. You know, um, and he is has described what they've done at his school that they've really shifted. The students basically do two two courses. Um, they have a morning okay. class and an afternoon class and that's yeah. just the way that they've been wow. moving forward and I think that feels like a really big block of time but then so you really only have two courses every quarter of the school year 
boy, like that would really shift some of what is possible yes. in, in some situations too. And I know there's some pushback, right? Like I think students should write every day, students should do some math every day. Okay, like I can see arguments for that. Yeah. But on the flip side, I wonder if that would allow for getting deeper into mm -hmm. a topic because you got bigger chunks of time. Mm -hmm. But but it also makes me like, you know, you had earlier this week used the phrase, you know, like every class we should write a little, we should read a little, we should yeah, use, yeah. like, and you just reference that. But, but I also wonder, like in using Adrian's example, let's say, and I know people would be like, how could you ever do that? Like I, yeah. I know people who would move from eight periods a day to seven would wonder how could you ever do that? But but even in that sense, it makes me wonder, oh, like, would it force us to think more interdisciplinary? Like, yes. hey, right. like, how do I integrate this? And mm -hmm. and how might that en right. enrich the experience? Because I do think students should write in math. Oh, yeah. yes. Right. Right? Yes. Like literacy cuts across the it whole does. curriculum, right? Yeah. In yeah. fact, I teach a course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. That's based that. on that premise. Yeah. 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 So you, you talked about, hey, is it's making us or for, forcing us to rethink scheduling which is a bit of a holy grail in it some is. schools and i get that i, I don't oh, yeah. say that as yes. i say that as someone who probably thinks and has looked at mm -hmm. it that way as well right and um but how about for you dave is there something that you think hey that as we mm -hmm. through covid um that shouldn't return to normal when things supposedly turn to yeah. return to normal <laughs> supposedly yeah uh. So I've been thinking a lot um, about alignment in, in my curriculum. And this goes back to one of our very first episodes is about learning targets, right? And this is something that I found I had to do so intentionally when I was planning on the fly in, in the spring, last, way, way last spring. And it carried through the fall semester too, really. Um, so I need to be really clear about what the target for learning is. But then how can I just be grace-filled in allowing okay. multiple paths to, to yeah. meet that target? And I mean, there's a downside to that as a teacher for me, because that means I might have students doing multiple different things, right? Yeah. And that's hard, right? That that's hard. that's a hard mind shift for, for a lot of us. And I'll point the finger at myself as I say that. Yeah. But students have responded so well to that mm -hmm. when, when they had multiple ways to to say, like, so show me that you learned this thing, right? right? Yeah. And I wonder if there's ways that we can capture. I mean, that's not a new idea. I think yeah. back, I was at a, at a conference years and years ago, and I got to hear Carol Ann Tomlinson, mm -hmm. the, the guru of differentiated yeah. instruction, right? I got to hear her present, and she made it sound like the most reasonable thing. Like, why why would you not do this, right? right? And and she's right about that, but it is a mind shift in order yeah. to embrace that, yep. I think. Yeah, reminds yeah. me of, yeah, we do work with universal design for learning a little bit yes. in one of my courses. So thinking about multiple pathways mm -hmm. right to the same target and how taking um, that route is beneficial not only for students that need some of those accommodations or some of those different assignments but really for everyone right. to have that choice and that agency and um, the freedom to express their learning in the way that works best for them right, right. yeah do you do you think for I want to say teachers and students, and I want to frame this the right way. So if I'm not using the right language, you guys can correct me. Here. That that it made me that it made some of us realize that it increased our capacity, that it increased our hey, like I can do this, or or in some maybe a different way is like our resiliency. Mm -hmm. Our um, yeah, I'm just thinking of of like what what even some of our kids can now do online that maybe we were like right. i had i had no idea that that 
that they could do that and not just do it, but do it well. But, but I, but I even wonder about that for some teachers. Like I can think of some faculty that I worked with for sure. We all went into this with fear and trepidation, but, and they are great classroom Mm -hmm. teachers. And I can remember thinking, Oh, like this is going to be hard for all of us. And they crushed it. Like it was unbelievable. Like I, I think some of some of them in a good way surprised themselves. Like yeah, it was yeah. right. and I wonder about that for students. And that's not to discount how hard it was mm-hmm. also for some like right. I'm not right. like everybody we all went into this and it was different it was a different experience for all of us. I'm just wondering about hey, how do we um, give opportunities even for students to continue to be resilient and grow yes. and maybe surprise mm-hmm. them. So I don't know. I mean, yes. you have you have young children. Maybe how would a, a was, parent perspective? Yeah, this was on a that. thing for us. Um, yeah. My my oldest, we really had to work on that so, that yeah. self efficacy and I can do this right and her yeah. self talk even oh, at home. And I was. Um, she had a dear third grade teacher, yeah. and I was just not her. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. With and all due respect. With all due respect, my secondary English education degree yeah. did not come yeah. in handy yeah. when I was teaching Harper last yeah. year. And so it was it was a lot of, but we did by the end get to a point where she could talk herself mm. through mm. some of the tasks that she was struggling with yeah. at first or where she would get discouraged and then we had some lines and we had to work on some of that talk and she could talk herself through it by the end without mm. having a meltdown. Yeah. Um, and I, we were quarantined for COVID this fall. Um, I had it, my kids didn't get it, but they were home with me for a long period of time again. Mm. And the things that I don't think I helped her at all wow. Wow. because she had a teacher who knew how to put everything mm. through Google Classroom. It was just their mode of mm-hmm. being oh. and videos and Harper could learn it and yeah. she would do her tasks yeah. and I could focus on my work and helping her sister and her little brother mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. there was a lot of that growth she's 10 right yeah. Yeah. and yeah. could do that, that. Mm-hmm. yeah that's amazing yeah there's there's kind of a, a hill to get over for students because I think the way we have traditionally done school and again, I'll point the finger mm-hmm. at myself as that teacher. Like, I need to guide and control and manage this yes. whole situation somehow, right? We do it to them yeah. instead of with yeah. them. Right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And, and yeah, for, for me too, as a, as a parent, as a teacher, that's been kind of a mind shift to say, come on, these kids can do this stuff, right? Yeah. Why, why am I trying to spoon feed yeah. them, right? Yeah. No, right. Give, give them a challenging task and right. support yeah. them to get there. And also, like, one of the things that I had that I'm keeping as you know, thinking through this is getting rid of unnecessary busy work, right? And getting to those tasks. So I threw out like a whole bunch of stuff that I came to realize (laughs) was just really not necessary. (laughs) And so reevaluating that and what can they do um, in their daily work that leads to something substantial instead of just doing an assignment to do an assignment. How do you you keep the main thing the main thing, right? And I think for me, it's helped me rethink what what does learning even look like. Like, how do you demonstrate your learning? I, I remember th- seeing my my daughter those first few months. One of the things, and and maybe this happened in it happens in most classes, but I just was really thankful for the intentionality around check-in questions. Yeah. Like this mm-hmm. idea of like, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Giving people space and. And for some reason, and I know I like I can I try to use them in the class I teach now, but 
Um, as soon as I ask it, I'm already looking at the clock. Like I right. gotta get to, right. you know, what I define as you know important, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden realizing if I think about if I think about that boy, that was that was one of the most important hours yeah. of her day was this check in for herself to hear how the others were mm-hmm. were doing, kind of in this unknown territory. So I, I and I think a lot of teachers do check in questions, but I hope that's one mm-hmm. thing that we actually. Yeah. take with us as, like yeah. this good practice of checking in and and again i i don't say this as a criticism of, of teachers because this is a learning for me too but it really clarified i was a principal a year ago when this all happened yeah. and it really helped me understand the question of um what's best for students like i think i've tried to be you know like mm-hmm. hey what's yeah. best for kids and let's make decisions on that and and try to frame it that way but but i feel like covid really forced us to really like what's best for kids even what you're talking about busy work right whether it's yeah. in their learning right. emotionally and and i hope we continue um to really not just ask that question but to really have the courage to ans- answer that like mm-hmm. this goes back even to an eight period day right. maybe that is what's best for kids and, I, and i'm not right. saying it's not like right. but but to have an answer to that question right. to, and, to, and for there to be a reason and not just because it's what we always done. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, right. it's a hundred years of grand tradition, right? right? right. Well, yeah, we should, sure. we should ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about that in terms even of, of teacher work, right? Like what, what should be normal working hours for, for mm-hmm. me as a teacher? And that's something I've had to really try to reset for myself yeah. because especially when we were teaching um, emergency remote teaching last spring, like, there was always something I could be doing. Right. And so what should be the, the boundary for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I've put in eight hours today, should I be able to say, I'm done and I'm not gonna check my email again? I think that's probably what I should do. I have a really hard time with that yeah. personally right. because I know there's always more I can do and I, I feel like I should, putting air quotes on it, I should be doing all this stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, is there something as you think about, you know, we're talking about, hey, what shouldn't we take with us? Or here's what we've, been forced, you know, forced upon us, but we've grown because of, of the past year. Are, are there things that we've, that we've, we lost that should return? Mm-hmm. So think about, you know, instead of, hey, we, hey, we can be done with some of these things, or at least wrestle with the why behind it. Yeah. Um, are there things that you feel like, eh, like we've lost a few things and, and there will be, there will be something really good for us to get some of those things mm-hmm. back. And, and maybe the answer is nothing, but I think, but I'm just wondering if, if something, when things get back to normal, that you'd say, hey, we've missed a bit of this and it will be good, whether all or in part for some of these things to return, whether in the learning or even outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to what I missed, right? Just that yeah. in-person oh, yeah. energy you draw yeah. from each other. I know for my own children, even recess and that play and that social interaction that is so vital to them and their development. And I think that's true all the way up through college students. Yeah, I I think they need that. I think they need to see each other's faces. I think I need to see their faces. Um, I hope that masks go away eventually so I can do that so they can read each other. Mm. We can... Mixed groups, right? Instead of everyone sitting in their same spot. Um, I think I miss that. No, that's good. One of the things I think that I would 
say in response to that. Um, being able to have students working in groups, um, and that's something I, I so took for granted, I think, uh, right. before Amen. COVID. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I can just assign two students to talk about this, or uh, one of the moves I like is walkie-talkie, right? I'll give them something to talk about, and I'll, like, go for a walk for three minutes, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to share out yeah. what you do. I don't feel right using some of those kinds of yeah. moves in the age of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, even one of the classrooms I teach in this semester, they put twice as many tables in the room uh, so that every student gets their own table. Well, that sounds great in theory, but it's like all elbows in there just yeah. trying for me to move around the room. Yeah. And like that's something that's got to go away, right? Like I want the right number of tables in the room again so I can have a traffic pattern for me to move yeah. around. I want to be able to come up close beside my students again. I yes. hope I hope that that's something we'll come back to, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like I always have to kind of keep them with a 10-foot pole mm -hmm. away from me, and I've always got to have my face shield on. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want that. I think mm -hmm. that's not how we were created to no. function as human no. beings. No, I sometimes think about, like, as we reimagine, and I think COVID is gonna, has helped us reimagine our, our practices and our protocols, I think, and I hope that doesn't stop, mm. but, I, but I certainly miss that sense of freedom in a classroom for mm -hmm. everybody, right? Yes. That, that it's after one year, I am still find myself thinking it's always in the back of my head. Like even things like you talk about, like about collaboration mm -hmm. and seating is like, Oh, right. can, can I do this? What? Right. So you're sort of your, those organic moments mm -hmm. are always tainted in the back by mm -hmm. like, is this okay? Like right. to yes. send them for a walk, to turn to an elbow partner, mm -hmm. Um, all of those things, you know, like I, I'm, you know, putting my mask on, off, putting it, whatever it is, like just all these things that Am are. Am I behind my podium? That, is there a shield in front of me? Right. All of that. And so I just, and, and in saying that, I know that for some people, school doesn't feel like a free place. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think maybe one of the things that, um, maybe that hopefully we take with us is, hey, Maybe for some students on certain days, wherever they're at, for whatever reason, physically, emotionally, academically, that that learning from home is okay for that day, and that mm -hmm. and that we don't devalue it. Because mm -hmm. as much as I love seeing people face to face, and it energizes me, I think before COVID, I probably thought, oh, like online or sorry, face to face is like. It's superior, right? Or you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn right. more. You're gonna learn better, and um, and realizing that actually for some students the opposite might be true. Right. Like yeah. that freedom that I'm talking about. That for some students they may experience that um, not being in the classroom, right. and mm -hmm. so. Yeah, what, I don't have an answer for that, but just to, are we open to that? That for, yeah. for some kids, this this might actually be more helpful um, mm -hmm. to, to not be there. And, so. and I love that thought. The only caveat I'd put on it is then we have to resource teachers well to be able to do that well. Absolutely. Because I think that's been the burden yeah. that so many teachers yeah. have had to bear. To try to split yourself so you're teaching Keep students face-to-face -face and online, that that is not a great experience. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Dave, and yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. Like, I'm yeah. in no way suggesting, hey, fifty percent on like whatever, right. totally. And hey, good luck with that. Like, I have <laughs> I have one student on Zoom this morning, and I was rattled. Like, yeah. I was totally <laughs> rattled by it. Right? It's like, totally. I, like I want to meet, I want to meet their needs, I want right. to meet the classroom needs. No, totally. And so maybe that's part of 
maybe that's part of what we need to reimagine. What is how what do does do it mean? Well? How do we do this? Well, if we think this is what's best for kids, right. Then, then we need to do. Then we need to do that. All right, folks. I just want to say thanks. Um, thanks for today, Abby. Thanks for joining us. It's yeah, the first time. Fine. I know it will not be the last. That's time. right. We're <laughs> gonna get inundated with emails saying now, like, hey, like, can one of you, can one of you, not show up and just bring Abby on every That's week? Exactly also. Right. Those That's who don't not know, going to happen. Those who don't know, Abby, lo- Abby loves it when we talk like this about her. So, it's my uh, favorite thing. <laughs> Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today in the hallway. While we have a long list of topics we want to talk about, and trust me, it is a long list, we want to know what hallway conversations you would like to hear. So if you have ideas or questions or feedback for us or simply want to share what you're talking about in your hallway, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com, hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. And on just on behalf of Abby and Dave, we just want to say thanks to each of you for the good, God-delighting work you're doing in your schools and communities. And as you go into this week, um, I just want to say on behalf of the three of us, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week, everyone. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up by Matt and Dave during one of their Hallway Conversations. Our music was created by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Dave Mulder and Matt Beamers. Thanks for listening.